God is good. And all the time, we continue our journey through the Sermon on the Mount, looking at those characteristics of those in the kingdom of God. And chapter 5 was a focus on our relationship with the world. In chapter 6, our relationship with God. And in chapter 7, our relationship with each other. So we journey in our second segment of scripture today in Matthew. But before we read, let us pray. Gracious, holy, awesome, incredible, amazing God, we give you joy and thanks for the opportunities we have to worship, for the power of your Spirit who comes before us, greeting us for worship and moves in us throughout the day and the week ahead. Lord, we recognize on this day, this holy day, that there's so much more going on than just what's happening here at Emmanuel and what's happening in Memphis, but what's happening in the world and, more importantly, in your kingdom. Help us to be proponents of your kingdom. Help us to be conscious of what it means to be kingdom people and what it means and the opportunities we have to build your kingdom, that it may be a reality here. Lord, hear our prayer that your kingdom be built in our life, in our hearts, in our community, in our church. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Have you ever been in a situation that you really just didn't know what to do? One of those situations, not of an instant decision, do I turn left or do I turn right, but a little longer decision and situation. Perhaps it is where I'll go to school or go to college or will I go to college at all. Perhaps it's what type of job will I take or will I work or will I take a promotion or will I switch jobs or maybe it's retirement. Sound good for some? As we look at these decisions, these life decisions we make, a decision from many years ago came to my mind, a decision that the disciples had to make after Jesus was crucified. What did they do now? Where did they go? What should their next step be, and what might that look like for them? Let me remind you of that passage that comes out of John in chapter 20, verse 19. When they're sitting in the room and the door is closed and it's locked, there are the disciples wondering, what do we do now? Where do we go? How do we continue this? What did we learn? Do you remember what he told us? And Jesus comes. And he answers their questions. And he calms their fears. And he gives them direction in the days and weeks and years ahead. Where do you turn? Where do you turn when you don't know what to do? Who do you turn to? What resources do you seek? I invite you in those moments and this morning to turn to Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11, that they might guide us in the days and weeks and months ahead. I invite you to follow along in the Bibles you brought, your devices, or in the Bibles that are in the pews before you online. Hope you'll join us too this morning. Reading from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you, if, is there anyone among you who... If your child asks for bread, will give a stone? Or if the child asks for a fish, will give a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, 
How much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? The word of God for us, the children of God. Thanks be to God. So our focus throughout this Sermon on the Mount is on the kingdom of God and our task today is we continue to understand better our relationship with each other. Now I confess, last week's passage was a tough passage. Those first verses in chapter 7 talked about judgment and recognizing and realizing this judgment to take the log out of your eye before you judge the speck in another's eye. That you will be judged, that we will be judged in the way in which we judge. How do we decide? How do we decide to make that judgment call or not? But not just those type of decisions. How do we decide what to do when we're really faced and not sure what the right answer, what the right direction is? We struggle. I think it's today's scripture that gives us insight. Not just for those kind of decisions, but for all our decisions. Ask. Seek. Knock. To whom do we ask? To whom do we seek? To whom do we knock? It's the God's very presence and the way in which we often do that is prayer. A communication tool that God has given us to be in the conversation with Him. To not just speak, but to also listen. It's interesting as we look at these three words, ask, seek, and knock. In the Jewish, there are three different expressions for the Jews of prayer. One's not better than the other. One's not weaker and stronger. It's not step one, step two, and step three. But ask, seek, and knock are each expressions of prayer. Jesus reminds us that our prayers are not a means of persuading God. They're not means in which we manipulate God to get what we want. But it's means in which we engage that relationship to see what God may want and how we may respond accordingly. It's a quest. It's an expectation. It demonstrates our dependence upon God for what's best in our life. I think that's the message that Jesus has been portraying all the way through Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And we see it culminate there at the Lord's Prayer, right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6. So what should we do? What can we do when we don't know what decision to make or we're not sure which direction to head. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask God to seek God through his word and to knock on the door if we think it's the direction we go and then often we sometimes make that step and yes it is or no it's not and we continue following. There's a caution, though, that I think today's scripture we need to look at and name before we go further. Not only is it not a means of persuading or manipulating God, but I think we often look at this scripture from a materialistic point of view. He said, ask and you'll receive. But it's not materialistic things that's being referenced here at all. Seek and you will find what you're looking for. Maybe it's not something tangible that we can put our hands on. I don't think it's the things we will receive or find, but it's a way of life. It's a way of living. It's those characteristics such as wisdom and discernment that we find ultimate leading us to the very presence of God who will direct our path, who will help us make the right decisions. But there's a problem. 
we ask, we seek and we knock and the door doesn't open or we can't see on the other side or we feel like no one's answering us or we feel like we can't hear clearly. The problem is we don't always get an answer. We don't get a solution. It's not clear nor the one we want. I think sometimes we live and feel and want this instantaneous response from God. So two things to help us as we ask and seek and knock. Perseverance. One is to have perseverance. In making decisions, sometimes we think we know what we need to do and we go forward. Sometimes we make a decision, we don't have all the facts and we make that decision anyway and what happens is a result. It's not complete. It falls apart. We end up in the wrong place. It doesn't turn out as we expected. It's interesting, as you look at the verb tense of the Greek words that are used in today's text for ask, seek, and knock, it suggests continued action. Progressive tense, continuous tense. Words that end in I-N-G, it's an imperative. In other words, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. How bad do we really want to know? Do we really want to understand? How important is the decision at hand? Pray once. Keep praying. Continuously praying. You know, it's nice to know, but on the other hand, sometimes we don't want to know because when we know, then we've got to respond. Then we've got to decide if we're going to do what we feel led to do or not. When we keep on asking, when we keep on seeking, when we keep on knocking, you know what happens? Jesus appears. Maybe not in physical presence as he did in a room to the disciples who could touch his hands and see the scar on his side. But the, his peers through the Spirit who reveals to us God's presence, who assures us, who goes before us, who leads us, or perhaps reveals himself to us through another. Perseverance. Other thing we need to do in seeking and asking and knocking is trust. Perseverance and trust. Just as we would give to our children good gifts when they ask or the gifts they need, verse 11 reminds us that our Father in Heaven will give good things to those who ask Him. Will a father really, will a father really not refuse the request of his son? Our God in heaven will not refuse the request of his children. But there's two references here, if you look at verses 9 and 10, that often catch us off guard. Bread and stone, a fish and a snake. Really? I mean, you ask for bread and you're given a stone. You ask for a fish and you're given a snake. If we look at the word that's used for bread here, it's very similar to a stone. And the fish reference most likely looks similar to a snake. I think it's obvious not only will God not refuse our prayers, He will not mock our prayers. It's mocking that's being talked about. We think our prayers are too small. We think our prayers are not significant enough. We think our decision is not important. God will not mock our prayers. So ask, seek, knock. 
when you pray to God, who do you pray to? I mean, what, what does God look like? Or is there an image in your head that you imagine or you contemplate as you lift that request to God? The scripture helps give us a picture of what God looks like. One who's ready to give even more than we are to ask. And one who's ready to answer in wisdom and love. You're struggling to say something to somebody? You're struggling with a decision? Maybe it's a big decision or a small decision. Have we asked God? I mean, really, sat down. Be still. Be present. Focus. Recognize. Seek his answers through his word. And seek his holy face. Persevere. Don't give up. Trust. And if we do, we will encounter Christ. I believe it. We will receive his wisdom. And we will know what to do. Psalm 1 verses 1 through 3 tells us, Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law or the teaching of the Lord, and on these they will meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither, and all that they do, they prosper. Ask, seek, knock. And may the God of wisdom and love reveal to you what you need to do next. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost.